Hey guys, welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast where we learn and grow together. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a topic that is highly triggering for many reasons. And I think even the title of the book itself is triggering. The book is called Toxic Parents Overcoming Their Hurtful Legacy and Reclaiming Your Life. Now, before you exit this episode or think this episode isn't for you, I'm going to be talking today about denial, the denial that our parents have wronged us or denial that our parents could have been anything but perfect. And I think especially in cultures like Middle Eastern culture, we're so deeply conditioned and programmed to never say anything bad about our parents, to respect them at all costs. And I had to go through a very long process of learning how to forgive my parents, have compassion for them, but still within myself, be able to admit certain things they did were wrong and that I didn't deserve certain types of things. And that process was really hard for me because I was always in denial too, especially coming from a household where I was privileged financially. It was like, how dare you ever say anything was wrong? How dare you ever complain? You should just be grateful that you have a nice house, that you have a nice car. And I almost was gaslit my entire life to never speak of the things that were so unfair for me as a child. And it's not about being vengeful or blaming my parents, but when we are in that deep denial, part of us accepts that behavior as okay. And we go out into the world and we accept that behavior from other people and in relationships. So whether or not you've come to a point where you realize that maybe some of the things your parents did were toxic, whether it was intentionally or not intentionally, this episode is for you. I'm going to be reading from the first chapter titled Godlike Parents. More specifically, I'm going to be reading a section called The Power of Denial. The Power of Denial. Denial is both the most primitive and the most powerful of psychological defenses. It employs a make believe reality to minimize or even negate the impact of certain painful life experiences. It even makes some of us forget what our parents did to us, allowing us to keep them on their pedestals. The relief provided by denial is temporary at best, and the price for the relief is high. Denial is the lid on our emotional pressure cooker. The longer we leave it on, the more pressure we build up. Sooner or later, the pressure is bound to pop the lid and we have an emotional crisis. When this happens, we have to face the truths we've been so desperately trying to avoid, except now we've got to face them during a period of extreme stress. If we can deal with our denial up front, we can avoid the crisis by opening the pressure valve and letting it out easily. Unfortunately, your own denial is not the only denial you may have to contend with. Your parents have denial systems of their own. When you are struggling to reconstruct the truth of your past, especially when the truth reflects poorly on them, your parents may insist that, quote unquote, it wasn't that bad, or quote unquote, it didn't happen that way or even that quote-unquote, it didn't happen at all. Such statements can frustrate your attempts to reconstruct your personal history, leading you to question your own impressions and memories. They undercut your confidence in your ability to perceive reality, making it that much harder to build your self-esteem. Godlike parents make rules, make judgments, and make pain. When you defy your parents, living or dead, you are agreeing to live by their version of reality. You are accepting painful feelings as a part of your life perhaps even rationalizing them as being good for you, and it's time to stop. When you bring your toxic parents down to earth, when you find the courage to look at them realistically, you can begin to equalize the power in your relationship with them. I'm going to be very careful about what I share on this episode because 
it has always been clear to me that as I set out on this journey and how important being open and vulnerable is, and I truly embrace that part of the work that I do, I recognize that it isn't only my story that I'm telling. There are other people involved and I do want to respect their privacy and I want to respect their right to not having their personal life be shared publicly. But even in that, I felt for such a long time, I'm not allowed to ever say anything negative about my parents. And before I share what I do today, it is important for me to say that I've come to a place where I forgive my parents and I love my parents and I have deep compassion for my parents. But that is only possible because I let myself also express the justifiable anger towards my parents, something that I suppressed, something that I denied for so long. It was only last year when I went to a therapist, I was telling her things that my dad had said or done to me growing up and simultaneously justifying every single thing with, but it's because of this, but it's because of his childhood, but because he doesn't know better. This therapist looked at me and said, you know, you're allowed to be mad for not being treated the way you deserve to be treated as a young adult. When my parents got divorced, my dad took full custody and my dad was really clueless about how to be a mother and a father. If there's anything I'm grateful for, it's his courage to step into both roles and really do the best he can to raise me and my brother. But at the same time, he did do a lot of things wrong. A lot of things that really hurt me and really damaged me and really took a long time for me to heal and that I'm still working through. And as I went down the spiritual path to heal parts of myself, I always felt like I have to be the light and see the love in him and meet his inner child and forgive him. And But I missed a step. And that's what my therapist helped me understand. She said so many people find spirituality and they kind of skip a step. They skip the step where they're allowed to feel their shadow emotions. They're allowed to see and meet the negative feelings they have, they override that part because it's too painful. I remember last summer when she gave me that permission, it was so obviously just, I just needed someone to open that gate because I was pissed. Now, I tried not to let it out on him. I tried not to, you know, deal with it directly with my dad, but I let myself say what I wish I could have said when I was little. Without judging myself, I said really harsh and mean things, whether it was to someone that I trusted that I could just speak to or wrote about it in my journal. And even as I was writing about it in my journal, I felt guilty. I'm like, God forbid something happens to me. He finds this journal and he reads this like, I'm so bad. I shouldn't say these things. Or even as I was writing them, there was guilt, a lot of guilt for saying anything bad. Because anytime I complained about his behavior or anything I went through in my childhood with my mom or my dad, I would always hear, about how his life was harder when he was a child and how lucky I am and how grateful I should be that I have a roof over my head and that we have money. It completely gaslit me and made me feel like I'm never allowed to complain. So even when I complain in a safe place with myself alone privately, I would still feel that guilt. But it made a lot of sense to me at the same time that I had to let this anger out. One of the lessons in my group program is on triggers and how When we are triggered, it is the fastest and easiest way to get to the deepest part of ourself that we need to work on. And one of the main triggers that I had was this insane rage when I felt helpless, when I would be in relationships and felt like I'm trying to communicate something to my partner and he's not getting it. And I feel like I'm not being heard. I would lose my shit, literally have like a rage blackout. I'm not even embarrassed to say that I did some really 
extreme things like jump out of moving cars, break glasses. And I paused and took full responsibility for that behavior and really, really went down a healing path to understand where that anger was coming from and what that was all about because it had nothing to do with what was happening in the moment that I was in. I teach the method of how to go about that in my group program. It's actually the lesson that I think people get the most out of. It's something that people say they take with them for a long time after the program. It was obvious when this therapist told me that, that that was the anger that I wasn't letting myself feel. I was fully in denial. I was fully telling myself, your parents were overall pretty great and who are you to complain and you're so blessed that you had this then you had that and comparing myself to people who are less fortunate than me and just being grateful for what I did have. And it's so important not to accept that behavior even in hindsight because what you're doing when you deny that your parents made mistakes and all of our parents made mistakes. Some parents are more toxic than others, but there is no such thing as a perfect parent and We all have childhood trauma. When you don't let yourself admit that, you kind of carry this false belief that that behavior is acceptable. And now it's acceptable when you receive that behavior in your adult life. Or there's a part of you that knows it's not. And when you feel it on a smaller scale, you lash out. It's like your child self is reacting to your parent, but now it's your partner or your friend. Another story I tell in the group program when I teach about triggers is that recently I went on this trip with my friends to Joshua Tree and a friend of mine made a comment about me not being present and being on my phone. And I, it just lit me on fire. Like that's what a trigger is. It's like a very disproportionate emotional response. You have no access to like your rational or logical thinking. It's just completely emotional. And it just upset me so much. And it was so obvious to me that I was just being triggered and, and nothing she said was that bad and she was totally fine, but I was reacting to something else. It really reminded me of my dad and things my dad would say. And in that moment, my reaction was not between me and my friend. It was between my child self and my dad. I needed to take space to cool down because I'm already familiar with how to work with myself in these situations. And the next morning when I was able to, you know, decompress and let myself feel that emotion fully, I sat with a friend and explained it to her and told her, you know, like I was not reacting to you. I was reacting to my dad in that moment. So I am so sorry. And she totally got it. And that's beautiful. And I think that when you have that awareness of yourself, when you gain those tools, it really helps us make the most out of our relationships because you're not going to be able to prevent these triggers, reliving that past trauma in the present, but you can always become aware of it and learn how to handle it and manage it and then communicate it with people. Most people understand. The last thing I want to talk about that she mentions in this chapter is putting your parents on a pedestal. I think that one of the hardest and most important parts of life is meeting your parents as equals, freeing yourself from seeing your parents as above you. Your parents don't own you. They brought you into this world. They were the same way they were brought into this world and you're not their property. They are not more worthy than you just because they've lived longer. I do have respect for elders. I have respect for people who have been on this earth longer than me, regardless of if they're my parents or not, because I think that I leave room to learn from everyone. But if I'm being fully honest, I feel the same way when I'm talking to a child. I don't think that I necessarily know more than a child. Many times I spend time with a kid and they teach me more than I could teach them. Meeting your parents as equals means understanding that you deserve the same level of respect. You don't owe your parents something they don't owe you back. That's controversial, especially in Middle Eastern culture. I was raised and still till this day, my dad would probably agree and say, I do not have to respect you. You need to respect me. I don't have to listen to you. You need to listen to me. 
there was something really beautiful in the Kanye West documentary that they had on Netflix where Donda, his mom, was saying, Kanye always respected me and listened to me because I always respected and listened to Kanye. I think there's nothing more you can give a child than to give them their own self-esteem and, and sense of dignity by trusting them and giving them this feeling that you are not above them just because you brought them into this world. But that's a really hard thing to do. I see that with so many of my clients, especially who still need their parents' advice or approval or validation before they set out to do things in life and before they date certain people, before they go on their own career paths. And that's because for most of your life, you were fully dependent on these people. You actually did rely on them. They needed to feed you and change you and drive you and take you and pay for you. And then there comes a time where that dynamic changes, but we're still living in that structure in our mind. It's a brave journey to disconnect from that. It's a brave journey to equalize. It's a brave journey to start to question how our parents were as parents, to see them as human beings, to understand that they are flawed, that they are not perfect, that even if they did the best they can, sometimes it may have not been good enough and that's okay. I, till this day, was experiencing feelings of anxiety because my dad would get really, really mad at me and I would always be in trouble. And living at home, I realized that I wake up in the morning with this anxious feeling that he's going to barge in my room and yell at me for doing something. And there is actually like no way he would do that these days. Actually, maybe. (laughs) I think it's still possible. But I would wake up with this anxious feeling like I'm going to get caught or I'm going to be in trouble and I'm almost 30 years old. Of course, that's my responsibility to work through. It's not fair for me to blame myself for being that way or to assume that that's just the way I am. It's not just the way I am because if I was treated differently, that's not how I would be. That's not how I was born. That's not my natural state. So obviously there's so much more to say here, but I just wanted to start with this subject when it comes to parents and toxic parents because this idea that you're not allowed to admit that your parents weren't perfect, the process of seeing your parents as people and letting yourself feel angry for what you deserve to be angry for or sad for what was sad is such an important part in the healing process. You don't really get to skip that part. Whether you think you can or not, like she said, it's just a pressure cooker. It's building up beneath the surface. And I was convinced that I healed and I was good and I have compassion for them and I have love for them and everything's fine. Then I got permission to feel fully. And I was shocked by how much anger I had to let out. And only through feeling can you actually heal that part of you. I had to let it out. And today I feel a much more authentic sense of forgiveness and compassion because I know what was wrong. I know what was unfair and I know what behavior I don't deserve and never did deserve. And that's a good feeling. That's where I found my self-esteem and my self-respect again. If you enjoyed this episode and you think someone you know can benefit from it, we're not here just to help ourselves. So spread the word, spread the love, share this episode with someone and If you want to support this podcast and help make it possible so I can continue creating these episodes for you, you can sign up below where it says support this podcast and give a monthly donation. It could be $1 a month and it would still be very helpful. And if you haven't already and you're enjoying the podcast in general, please rate it, maybe leave a review. And if you have feedback about this episode, I'd love to hear it. You can DM me on Instagram at lifebytaylor. I would be happy to hear your thoughts and to reply. I hope this episode finds you well. I love you all and I will be back tomorrow.